Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Black Boy Joy Podcast. As usual, you have me here, Kieran, with... Ainsley. Hello, Ainsley. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So you're sounding a bit hungover today. I think I'm slightly hungover as well, but not too bad. And and the sun's shining, which has really helped to move this week. I'm not happy every day, even though work's shit. But yeah, how are you doing? I, well, I sound hungover because I am hungover. Um, (laughs) We did our first Bottomless Bunch of 2021 yesterday. (laughs) We went to a place called uh, Scarlet Green in Soho. Mm -hmm. Um, It was actually really good. The the food was good. The service was okay. Uh, The Prosecco, usually like, when you get a, a bottomless brunch, it would give you like bargain basement prosecco, the one that gives mm. you a headache the next day. And this mm. one wasn't so bad. They gave you so we got porn star martinis, like as mm. we got there, like as a welcome kind of thing. Then they started mm. with the um, with the prosecco. Then um, they do this thing where you can get like two platters, one meat and one vegan. So mm-hmm. we got one of each, loads of sides, desserts. And then, um, like, one person uh, dropped out, the rest of us went to the village, um, which is, like, a gay bar in Soho and had a few drinks there. So oh, it was nice. a good night. Yeah, it was a good, it was, um, a good day. Like, it was good to just be back to normal and just, like, fucking just be a basic bitch for. <laughs> I listen, I will always champion bottomless brunch. I don't care who has anything negative to say about it. I think it's a brilliant concept. I'm happy to go to them for as long as I think it's appropriate. I love them. Like... <laughs> I <laughs> the mean... last one was in um, your favourite restaurant uh, last September. <laughs> Which one? Turtle Bay. Oh, so, <laughs> while... Why did so you, why did you go to Turtle Bay? <laughs> <laughs> because it's unlimited cocktails, so I thought, let me try it out once. I'm sorry, but, yeah, no, like, no, I've like, only been there for bottomless brunch. Even their cocktails, you should not be patronising. And anyone who, anyone who's listening, who has never been to Turtle Bay before, do not go to Turtle Bay. It is not authentic Caribbean food. It's not authentic Jamaican food. It's a fraud. It's a sham. <laughs> no, that's completely true. No, completely true, but... I thought it was two hours of cocktails. I thought, okay, why not? And we used it to start the day off. I haven't been for a bottomless brunch yet in 2021. Um, I'm looking forward to our next one, though, definitely. I've only done it once with you, actually. Um, you and your cousin. Mm-hmm. When was that? Was, was that 2019? Yeah, October I 2019, I remember. Was, yeah, 2019. That's, um, in, in that, the in infin- Ballon, right? The yeah. infamous whole time. <laughs> what, the, part, the parting of the ways uh, with yeah, a former with, friend? Uh, so the, yeah, yeah, with... Um, <laughs> Our band of four <laughs> turned into a band of three. <laughs> swiftly, very swiftly. Uh, but yeah, no, yesterday for me, um, so we're getting, for me, it's perfect up here at the moment. It's like late teens, the, the temperature is really sunny. So me and a, a couple of mates, we went to um, Whitley Bay, uh, it's one of the seaside towns. Mm-hmm. Just like a quick breakfast thing, and then we just sat on the beach. Uh, and it wasn't busy at all, it was great. We had to, sat on the beach with a blanket spread out, just chatted and catched up. Um, and then we drove over to Hollywell Dean, which is like a little woodland area uh, nearby, um, and just walked through there. And even though I'm, you know, I'm not the best outdoor person, like I hate flies, anything that buzzes, I, I think I managed to do all right. But it's just nice to be in nature for a bit. And then we came back into the city and just um, just had some drinks by uh, by the river. There's um by the river brew. Mm-hmm. It's like a sort of big outdoor area um, in Newcastle. But yeah, everyone's out. Um, I say it was expensive, but I live in the northeast, so I can't really moan about drinks prices when you live Absolutely in London. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear a word. Exactly. I don't want to hear a word. <laughs> Got no you. time for it. <laughs> not a peep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now it's a good day. Good day. Mm, I'm just yeah. yeah. I'm just. It's honest with you. It's not that like like on the various like various scales of hungoverness. I'm like one is like not hungover at all. And ten is like you can't move, you can't get out of bed. I'd say this is like a mm. five, a five or six. So it's not that bad. Okay. It's just that like I'm a bit tired. You know, I just feel a bit rough and lethargic. Mm. Like you don't really want to do anything. That is kind of like humid as well at the moment. It is a bit humid, yeah. I've um I had the window mm. open all night, so that's like that's that's mm. what it is. So I can't complain that much. It's just yeah. <laughs> mm. 
I just need water. Just be hungover in the heat is not the one. Yeah. I think it's just that. It's just that. Yeah. I think I wasn't too bad. I don't think I've. I haven't drank to like to the point where I'm drunk in ages. Um, because it just takes a lot to get drunk and it's just expensive. Like when you've been used to like lockdown and just having, you know, you'll just get a bottle of what spirits or whatever, which is twenty pounds, mm-hmm. and now you're going out, and like you know, you're getting two drinks for that price. Uh, it's just it's just silly now. But yeah, it's hard to get drunk so, um... when you're by yourself. Like when you're by yourself at home, it's hard to get drunk. Like I just oh, there's no incentive in it. Yeah. yeah. I only drink if I'm by myself. It's it's social drinking. It'd be, it'd be one or two. Like um, I don't think I ever get tipsy by myself. It's only ever like with other company. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. having mean, oh, a high is is a different question. But yes, but with, with alcohol, I, I just don't see the point of having a drink after drink. I think it's just because more than anything else, alcohol will for me it has an effect the following day, um, which isn't always worth it. And I'm usually just content just a couple of drinks by myself at home. To be honest, yeah. if you're like. If you're regularly at home alone getting drunk, then you might have a problem. Anyway. <laughs> well, it's true because my my introduction to that concept was um, as a kid. Sometimes there were soaps on at home. We don't watch soaps anymore, but when there's Coronation Street and you see someone um, you know, just go home and get a bottle of wine and box it off to themselves, I'm thinking, what? <laughs> like I can't I can't drink a whole bottle of wine even in, in the course of one evening. One bottle of wine. I'd be on my ass. Like I think two or three glasses is probably where I have to call it a day when it comes to wine. Um, for me, wine is for food to have with food, but just as a drink by itself, I'm just, it's asking for trouble. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I say... could drink a bottle mm-hmm. of wine, but I wouldn't. I couldn't drink a bottle of wine like just by myself. Like if it's like one whole evening and I had one bottle of wine, I could get through that wine. I mean, I, I think I could get through it. Yeah, I don't know what the end result would be, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'd like I'd finish it. So do you want to, um, shall we introduce this week's uh, theme? Well, yes. So what we want to talk about today. Everyone should be aware by now that it is Pride Month. And in, that ve- in the vein of Pride being proud, celebrating us for being the fabulous, wonderful queer people we are, I thought that um, if we um, could talk about kind of like what we um what we should be what we could be thankful for so let's have had some positivity i feel like um whenever like whenever we have podcasts or people talk about it talk about things always like negative like your trial and tribulation the man trouble this trouble that trouble mm. but i always think it's important mm. to just like just take stock give thanks and just like express gratitude so if you express gratitude that is the way to be happiest or so, like, or that's what the therapists and all of, because those them people there uh, say, so, mm. yes. No, I agree, because I think being, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a 50% positive person, 50% very negative 50% person. 50% positive, so, Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. Is, is everything okay? Is, you okay? <laughs> Okay, maybe not, maybe not fifty percent. I do, I do moan, I do whinge a lot. Definitely, I, I appreciate that. Um, but you know, when I'm happy, I'm very happy. Um, <laughs> but what I was gonna say, um, yeah, because no, like you're saying, I, th- I think there's a tendency to point out what's wrong, what's going wrong, and, and what could be better, rather than appreciate what is going well and that maybe what, something you're taking for granted and not even paying much attention mm-hmm. to. Um, so I like your idea for sure. What are you grateful? What am for? I grateful for? Well, in this, in these strange times, what it's been, what, more than 12 months, 15, 16 months that we've all been just, like, locked down, it's been tough times, but mm-hmm. I've had a job all the way through, so I haven't been furloughed, I've been able to um, keep, mm-hmm. like, keep uh, regular, um, get paid regularly, so I'm thankful for that, mm-hmm. um, I'm in a relationship and we're both happy, we both make each other happy, so I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that. Um, it's a cliche, but I'm glad I have my health. And I mm-hmm. think, yeah, I'm just glad that we've kind of just made it through, to be honest with you. Yeah, made it through. Yeah, yeah um, sure. there's still a bit of a ways to go. More people still need to be vaccinated. We need to see what's going on with this Indian variant. But, mm. like, I can't, I can't really complain, to be honest with you. Like, I have my health, I have my job. I have things like I have a lot. I do have a lot to be grateful for. Mm. So what about you? Yeah, it's my turn now. 
Yeah, um, <clears throat> mine are going to be similar. So the health thing, I don't think it's a cliche at all, um, even though you do hear it a lot. Uh, we were concerned, like for my family, I think out of who might get corona, who might be vulnerable, we were worried about my mum the most, um, and she got corona via a small, I'm not saying lapse of judgment, it's more like emotional blackmail to see a relative, and she caught it in January. So we were worried, but she pulled through. Uh, we found out afterwards that it was probably much worse than her and my dad were letting on. So happy for health that mum has pulled through that. Um, all the family's safe. Um, Employment-wise, has been a roller coaster for myself, as you probably know from my constant bitching in the group chat lately. <laughs> since, um, <laughs> since I got let go from my my former job in like last summer, um, but I've still managed to stay in Newcastle. There were, there were points where I thought I'd have to move back home, um, but still managed to stay here. Still have a nice place to live. Um, I'm relatively happy as well outside of work. Relatively happy, like all my friends are happy. Um, I've made some headway with trying to curb my weed addiction. Um, so I'm smoking less definitely and I'm trying to get to a point where I'm either just going to not smoke at all or just be smoking like the, just at the weekend like once or twice depending on what my self-control is going to be like so I've, I've made some recent development with that because <clears throat> it. I think we obviously we touched on it in the um, accountability mm-hmm. episode but it, it's to it's a point where I couldn't really I can get by with doing the bare minimum in life being a daily smoker but you know you're probably just selling myself short and sort of not really being ambitious or very motivated uh-huh. to do much else um so there's, there's been some improvement that recently which i'm very grateful for and i've had my friends around me to support me and give me some encouragement you know and just help me fight those demons and whatnot um so yeah, i'm pretty happy right now definitely i've lost a little bit uh-huh. of weight as well uh hopefully it can continue i'm back to the gym this week even though i've said that about 10 times uh-huh. already in 2021 uh-huh. but um ainsley ainsley and i are meeting up in mid-july that's the current plan uh, so just do some fate, well, live recordings and just, um, well, not live, sorry, just face-to-face recordings and to go on a, a night out and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that, definitely. And we, need, we both said we're going to make sure we're looking our best as well, <laughs> like, <laughs> when that weekend comes around. <laughs> so something to aim for, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm generally quite happy, which is nice, because um, I'm not the, not always the most uh, smiley person. I'd okay. Say. There we are. And I think, well, obviously, that this time last year, there was, it was Pride Month, but there was no Pride. There was, so, I don't think there was a Pride in London at all. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, UK Black Pride no. did, like, an online, like, digital Pride, they called it, where they had, like, lots of people speaking. They had, like, acts, guests, that sort of thing, which I think they're doing again this year. I don't mm-hmm. know if Pride in London have actually released a statement or something. I think that, I think they are doing one. But I think it's later this year, so I think it's like in September, rather than like late June, July. All so right. I think they actually, yeah, oh. I think they are having one. But yeah, so uh, I guess yeah, like another thing that I could say that like I'm quite grateful for is that since I've come out for what about two years ago, two and a half years ago, um, I could I feel a lot more mm-hmm. confidence um, than I did before. And I think, yeah, I also think that I am grateful mm. that I live in a country where I can be, like, I can't be openly gay and not have so many repercussions. I feel like we've uh, done quite a few episodes mm. now. We've done one with uh, Mohammed Wadud, who is um, from Ghana, and we heard about um, all the issues I've had there. Uh, we've had with Miss Faison about, uh, mm. like, overseas with Jason Jones as well I think that's been like a real eye-opener in terms Mm. of like what it would be like to be queer in another country and yeah I think how fortunate we are here like I think it's really easy to like be back to bash it all the time and like obviously it has its it has its problems that we spoke about at length Mm -hmm. but like I like for like on this one issue I am glad that I'm from the UK um, a British citizen and I can like, exercise mm. my, I don't know if it's right, but yeah, right to express myself the way that I want to without there being being so many, like, mm. so many repercussions. I think that's probably something that we should take stock, take stock off and really like show a bit of gratitude towards. Oh, absolutely, and we can sort of live relatively freely also. Um... I remember looking at a few days ago a meme about uh, it's a it's a common quote I see and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but just saying how 
like LGBT people when we grow up, um, we kind of have to get used to mm-hmm. not living authentically mm-hmm. and hiding parts of ourselves. And then in adulthood, you, you slowly have to get rid of that and realize like, who, who you actually are and sort of what part of your personality is kind of manufactured because you've had to mm-hmm. suppress like your, your queerness. Um, and I thought, while that applies to my childhood, I, I do think now, even though there probably are struggles, definitely, it's like a great time to be like a young like person growing up as gay in this country, I'd say, definitely. It must be mm-hmm. much better than when we were at school. And mm-hmm. of course, as time goes past, as time goes by, it just gets better for each successive generation. You'd hope is, so, wouldn't really you? Good. I mean, I don't know what it's happiness. like for um, what it's mm-hmm. like for young queer people, like people who are of like school attending age. You'd hope. I, I have a teacher, mm-hmm. like a friend who's a teacher, and they say that like, because like when we were when we were at school, like the phrase like that so gay would always just be a negative, and I don't think that's so much the case now. I don't think it gets mm. used like that. So that's yeah. yeah. That it, so from what from what I've heard, it seems like they're improvement, but we never really know, do you? Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd never assume it's going to be like you know hunky dory across the board, and like, I'm, I'm like you know oh, this is one of the least gay, the least homophobic place in the nation. Like, I'd use it as a in the world. Sorry, I wouldn't use it as a comparison or anything. But um, like one of my nieces, like when she just talks about like her, you know, just her life in general. Um, it seems like it's it's kind of it's just less of an issue these days like just being mm-hmm. clear it's just yeah i'm not saying it's, it's it's not perfect it's not sunshine and daisies but it's there's lots of support around i think and um there's probably less shame around mm-hmm. than when we were kids for sure um yeah i think it's because well the world's moved on a bit since then i've got social media as well so people can kind of find mm-hmm. others that i like them mm-hmm. much more easily definitely that's a great thing about this country, I'd say. So, yeah, so, it's, 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 uh, so yay for Britain. There's some positivity about this country. You're always cutting it off, to be fair. So it's nice to... I would, I'd to, like to... Yeah. I would to like to some add praise. that. I'd say that we are... Not, we are, like, I mean, we do have our criticism of the country, but they're largely warranted, I would say. Like, quite largely warranted. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We're not we're not moaning. Like we're, just, we're pointing out, but like you know, what needs to, to someone else, out. they would so, say that they, they would yeah. say that we're moaning. That we're just moaning. But that's actually that's one that's one thing when I hear stuff like that. Is that uh, like oh, if you don't like it in the country, you should get out or um, or you always moan. Yeah, like you always moan about the country. <laughs> like it's always the implication that like we like us as like ethnic minorities. Should be grateful for being here, basically. But yeah, and that basically we're guests, yeah. yeah, and on board time. Like, yeah. um, like yeah. if you're like white British, that means that like you're like you're from here, you have a right to the country. But um, if someone said it's like if you're nuts, it it's like mm. what like you allow you to be here, um, because you're allowed to be here, you should show you should just, exactly. just um shut up and be grateful, basically. <laughs> Well, exactly. It's a case of you know, if it's um, you know, I feel obviously I'm I'm stereotyping, but let's let's go back to Twitter as usual. But if you are an ethnic minority in this country, if you shower the country with praises, like you know, and kind of just say everything's wonderful, mm-hmm. you'll be embraced by certain people. And then the moment you have something negative to say, it's like, oh, why didn't you try that in Jamaica <laughs> and see how far you got? And like all these kind of things that people come across. I saw it on Twitter this week. Um, there's a Sky News reporter or not a Sky News journalist rather. Um, you tried to make a sassy comment at, at a gay poet about, you know, oh, you know, if you did this in Kingston, look what would happen. And thinking like, oh, is this the this is the, the resentment you're burning, yeah. like, you've got burning underneath the surface. It's like we're here as long as we're, you know, as long as we're grateful and say yes sir, no sir. Um, but if you've got anything negative to say, then all of a sudden exactly, it's like, oh, yeah, just exactly, from kind of thing, exactly, <laughs> no time for it at all. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Changing the subject. I actually don't think we've like, we've discussed this before, mm-hmm. but I, I but I want to know what you think. There's a lot on social media about like the ever growing commercialization of Pride, of like Pride Month, like um the mm. like the sandwich, the like yes. uh, mm-hmm. be a, a LGBT sandwich. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? It's. It's a bit, oh, it's a little bit cringe if I'm honest, because the like the sort of any kind of mi- movement which is about fighting oppression, 
it just is, is a bit weird when that's kind of courted by mass corporations who represent a lot of what's wrong with the world. So that's what I find very odd about it. And it's like it gets more every year with Pride, like everyone donning a rainbow flag and stuff. Um, I saw an example, like a couple of days ago, I, I logged on, well, I went to Asda, I was going to try and do an online shop, I didn't in the end, but literally they they put the Asda like, mm -hmm. logo in rainbow colours. I was just thinking it's, I just think it's overkill. Um, there was another one as well. Um, mm -hmm. I worked at, you know, Procter mm -hmm. & Gamble, the, um, the corporation. I had like a temporary job there last year and I saw like, it, obviously it wasn't Pride at the time, but I saw like sort of leftovers of their sort mm -hmm. of Pride campaign, what they were doing for the month. And the, the full name is Procter & Gamble, but on, on their like sort of yeah. leaves, they had Procter oh, & Gable, like, and it's put G-A-Y, the change the spelling yeah. of it. It's just, it's just tacky, isn't it? But, but I'm thinking, but it's, it's the fact that because every, every company is doing it, it's a bit, it's turned to be like Comet Relief or Red Nose Day or something else where it's, it's become a thing so much that it kind mm -hmm. of, it's like, what's the meaning behind it? Um, and I don't get it either, because I've only been to Pride in London once, mm -hmm. and that was with you. Was that 2019, I think it would have been? And um, I remember seeing all the floats, and it was just different, it's just various corporations, just with, you know, rainbow flags and people, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, playing some music and stuff on them. Or sometimes people just sitting on the bus waving out to the crowd, mm -hmm. thinking, what does, it, what does all this mean? <laughs> like, I don't understand it, it just seems a bit empty. So I, I just like I don't have I don't feel massively opposed to it. I just I just think it's a bit silly. To be honest what, with what you, you I think like? that like all of the well like these companies like as the example I gave that Marks and Spencer LGBT sandwich which is just so stupid. I <laughs> my feelings on my feelings on that are quite similar <laughs> to like how I felt when people were doing up their performative activism last year. Um, the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, is that like if. Yeah, <laughs> I find it. I'm yeah, I find it just very, spurt. very performative, <laughs> and like it's not for anyone. Like a company, well, a company. Let's say fucking, I don't know. I'm trying to think of one like Virgin, like um, doing up like doing up rainbow rainbow flag on their icon. It's doing nothing for me. What what is that gonna? What is that doing for me? What is that doing for the uh, for LGBT people? It seems a bit. <sighs> If, I feel like these companies feel peer pressure mm -hmm. into doing a big LGBT campaign mm -hmm. so as to not look homophobic. Um, and that's the sad part about it because it's, it feels like, oh, some companies did it and then another company did it. And it's it's a thing now. It's like, oh, we have to do this. And it can feel it's the same with Black History Month as well. Um, I think if there's actual efforts to have something special going on mm -hmm. that doesn't feel tokenistic, then I'm all for it. But if, it, if it's a case of it's, oh, this is the thing mm -hmm. to do um, because everyone else is doing it. So I'm not against companies doing stuff, but it has to be something of significance, not just a bit yeah. generic, oh, we're celebrating Pride Month, and then, but beyond first glance, you can't really see, mm -hmm. okay, on how you celebrate like, it and what or this Or worse, mean. when you, like, um, when people release, like, Pride-themed, uh, like, Pride-themed, like, equipment or merchandise, so you can, so yeah, they can use, they can use Pride just to fill, like, land their own yep. pockets. <laughs> Just and it's, and it's and it's a lack of creativity as well. It's always like a rainbow-coloured keyring or a rainbow-coloured teapot or something. It's just, like, come on, man! Like, come up with something a bit more innovative. I don't. I'm. I'm not actually sure how the um the rainbow became the um <laughs> the, uh, the colour for pride because because I think now like we see a rainbow, and it's automatically associated with that. But um, it's not. I don't have a problem with that. But it's just the way that it's the way it's just plastered everywhere by companies and it's, it's like oh we're going to put a rainbow logo on something and call it a day and oh yeah you got gay pride and or just pride sorry rather um i just i just don't i just don't get the significance so behind i it. like i, I like the pride flag it's, yeah i think it's fine it's um i like the updated version where it has like the chevrons in it so um it's it feels a bit more inclusive mm -hmm. yeah. i think it's fine it's um it's a good idea but it's just yeah. like, like I said, it's, it goes back to the whole thing about performative allyship. So, like, company put it on there, but then come, like, July 1st, mm. it's all getting ripped down, isn't it? Ripped down, and it's all the business as usual. Yeah. Back to business. <laughs> That's the thing, I think people, it, it feels like people aren't doing it out of sense of duty, it's out of a sense of oh, obligation. Like, the way you'd have to have... um 
or you have to have an annual general meeting at a, um, at a corporation or you have to have a certain policy on something it feels like box ticking like a procedure like a, um, mm-hmm. a checklist for things that must be done rather than oh we have a genuine uh, concern for this i think i mean I, I, people have different opinions because i imagine some people you get like sort of lgbt employees they'll be happy to see that their company is acknowledging it but as i say it, it just it needs to be more than simply acknowledging and saying yay happy pride month and putting rainbow symbols everywhere and actually doing something for it that is doesn't feel tokenistic mm-hmm. and doesn't feel mm-hmm. like what maximum reward minimum, minimum, minimum effort basically on the other side of it like what people could say is that um the of like pride in london for instance it's what one huge um one huge big like street party parade procession x y and z and that needs to be paid for by someone so a lot of these companies they are that they put money into it so then because they're putting money into it they want to be able to like Mm. represent their interest to like have their sponsorship be plastered everywhere so they know so i guess that yeah like that's yeah like i guess that would be like what they'd say say in defense (laughs) of it but i guess yeah so go Mm. on how do you feel about how, how do you feel about just Pride in itself, like the, like the actual day? So not Black Pride, but I've only mm-hmm. been to, like I said, the London Pride that we went to together with some other friends. Um, and so what did mm-hmm. I observe? You've got the the street procession, uh, which is various like mm-hmm. open-topped buses, and and then a few floats going past. And then after that, it just, it, it kind of mm-hmm. it just felt similar to Carnival without the same music, which is people in the street. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like a generic festival outside. Um, you get the usual, saw a few fights, um, lists on the ground, people kind of like queuing eight ages to get food that's like overpriced. Um, and just, well, I don't know, it, it didn't feel significant enough. I don't, I, I don't understand sort of what we, or what we can do to make it a bit more interesting. Um, like Black Pride, however, I loved that, but I think it was, it was like a smaller scale. Um, there were more like, there's more like people were, there are more instances of people like speaking, giving speeches, and you have the different stands you could go to from organisations that were doing stuff. Maybe we just mm-hmm. went to the wrong part for the sort of the the big London Pride on the Saturday, um, but there wasn't enough going on for for that for that mainstream big Pride for me for me to be interested in going back there again. Black Pride was completely different, I'd say, but the main one, I I, I just didn't really get the uh, I didn't really get the uh, the fuss really. I think it, it's not surprising that both of us would prefer UK Black Pride to Pride in London because that's like, uh, UK Black Pride is devised with us in mind. When they say us, like queer people of colour, like black, Asian, Latinx people. So obviously like when we, uh, when we went, they had what, um, Auntie Dawn, um, Dawn Butler, they had Aunt Diane. They had um, Aaron Carty who did like, a, who was like a Beyonce impersonator. <laughs> Um, they also had like um, they had like other tents that you could um, where mm-hmm. you could actually like learn stuff. So, like I was, um, I uh, got caught at the end of a talk where there were some asylum seekers who had been who was who had to seek asylum because um, of persecution they got for being uh, for being queer, and that 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 to me was probably the most powerful thing that I saw the whole time that mm-hmm. I was there because it just put like. It puts your own, like, your own life and your own experiences and, like, what you think is, like, what you think that your issues are in just a whole new uh, perspective. And I really took something out of that. So it's really not surprising that we would have got something more out of UK Black Pride than Pride in London. I think that Pride in London now, that there's always the argument that, like, it's too commercial, it's too corporatised, like, there's just, like, sponsors going everywhere. And I just don't think it like I just don't think it really serves us that well. Like, um, when Pride in London comes back um, in September, I will go and I'll have like I'll have a good time. It'll be fine, but like I don't think it would be like the as an enriching experience mm-hmm. as say UK Black Pride is because it's smaller, because um, queer people of colour are put at the centre of like, what they do, and I just think it's great. I think that. Um, you know, we talked about it when we were um, mm. doing a doing a podcast with uh, Faison, that like there is something on there's something that like, unspeakable when like you're not just the one, when you're with with just a whole group of people who are just like you. Mm. 
and we don't get to experience that enough to be honest with you we really don't yeah yeah no, that's true it's like, it is nice to be the default for a change definitely um i don't know if that's um i haven't checked recently of um but you've said that sort of the the main pride is looking like it's going to be rescheduled to to autumn uh with black pride i assume it's just not happening this mm -hmm. year and it'll just come back next summer but I, we'll have to see it's digital so like they did last year so it's going on but it's just like you have to like um lock in and mm. watch performances rather than you know be together in space so like it's not it, it's, it's not the same by any means but like exactly it's yeah. better than nothing and obviously like um the organizers they they have to they have to keep like health and safety at number one number one priority so I get it. If it's not if it's not one hundred percent safe to safe to do it, then they shouldn't do it. So I'm looking forward to next year. Now. Then that's going to be higher my list of things to put in the diary for next year. I should be in London by then. <laughs> Let's hope that it doesn't clash oh, with yeah. Glastonbury. Oh yeah, so it's late June, isn't it? Um, Glastonbury, which obviously mm -hmm. we're going to have to go to, mm -hmm. obviously. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm hoping it doesn't clash. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, to both like we did last year for sure. Sure. So we were having a um, discussion last. Mm -hmm. I can't remember when it was, but there was a tweet that I, I can't remember if you that showed mm -hmm. me or I showed you, when he's talking about um like people who are trying to like curb like fetish and kink mm -hmm. at prides. They're like they're just scared of like people like having openly gay people openly queer people in public you've read my mind yeah you've read my mind because I, I was about to bring it up actually um <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah so my understanding it is understanding of it is that we know that because uh, it's all right so i've never seen it myself in person but i have seen on twitter or, or on various social media on diff with different prides across the country when you see i wouldn't say quite a parade but well, actually no as part of the parade you'll see people in this fetish wear like the leather the dog, um, the pup things like with the um, the big ha the big heads that they wear, um, just basically highly sexualized mm -hmm. um, displays. Um, <laughs> and and the question was whether this belongs at what is marketed as a family event and a sort of all inclusive event. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Ains and I are probably on opposite sides, well maybe not completely opposite. Now I think. The people who are against it, you obviously within that group, you're going to get some people who are, it's just because they don't like any kind of overt displays of, of, of sort of queerness, definitely. But at the same time, I do agree that mm -hmm. it is a family event. Like the, the parades happen during the daytime. Um, the fetish stuff, the kink stuff, I'm, I don't think it's just not appropriate. Um, like I said, I understand there's going to be overlap between people who just don't want to see that kind of stuff in any kind of context. Um, um, but I... Mm -hmm. I just I don't think it has a place there. Essentially, I, I don't see why. I don't I don't get how it fits into pride. I think it fits into like this is going to sound like respectability politics. So I'll just throw the disclaimer and the apology out from now. But I don't think it helps when we're probably seen as over-sexualized anyway. Um, we can't really moan about that stereotype when people are seemingly okay with a like, with sort of a family-friendly events showing these kind of things. I I, I don't see what. I, I just don't get the point of it. Essentially, um, it's it's a very niche thing, definitely. It's a niche fetish. It's a niche kink, and I don't know what it has to do with sort of uh, the sort of the wider kind of promotion of, well, not promotion, but the kind of wider like kind of celebration of being LGBT, essentially. Mm hmm. Well, would you not say that like in celebrating being LGBT? Like people who are into kink or into certain fetishes that are very queer, it's like it's most of the time seen as a taboo. So would you not um could you not see the argument that that might make that like three hundred and sixty four days of the year, it's a taboo. It's something that like you have to like go do in someone's home or go to dungeon. This is the one time. That we can just be open and expressive with it, but it's 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 a taboo because it's sexual in the same way that dominatrix is, um, for you know between a man and a woman. Um, I think if you mm -hmm. had some kind of family event, 
that has like dominatrices, for example, people would have something to say about it. As I said, it will definitely it will attract criticism from people who just don't want to see any kind of displays of queerness at all, and who have an agenda that I, that I can't deny that part. But I just don't see where it's, you know. I think if it was a nighttime parade, then fair enough. But and I also saw um not on the tweet that we were looking at the other day, but I saw another tweet where people were defending it, saying, "Oh, it's a family event, but it's fine. Like you can still explain to your kids that that's something to do with something they'll learn when they're older." Which I just think is absurd. Like, why are you bending mm-hmm. over backwards to not appear homophobic? Like, it's alright to say an overt display of sexuality in the daytime in a parade, which is kind of well, is, is made to attract people from all walks of life. There's nothing wrong with saying that it's inappropriate. It doesn't make you a homophobe. Um, and I, I literally, I don't feel like there's anything anyone can tell me that's going to make me think that. Oh yeah, people walk around in like pup gear and leather thongs and stuff in, in broad daylight is going to be. Oh, that, that that's fine. Like, a, I'm, my opinion's not going to change on it. No chance. I th- I think personally that people who are I think there are two things in there are two things here. There are people on who are in like um, fetish or BDSM or kink communities who want to be able to protect themselves at Pride. They have done in the past. They still want to now. But then I do kind of agree that there's another like another thing to balance is that like. A pride is supposed to be a family thing, supposed to be able to bring kids there. And there are certain things that like that just aren't appropriate for children to see. So I do so I do think that like both of them can coexist at the same at the same pride or the same festival. There just needs to be like some like logistical things that happen. So like in um in like in Pride for instance, like in Pride of London they have like various stages. They have like lots of the di- um, lots of different different places that you can go. So why not have like a bit that's like eighteen plus? Basically, has to be eighteen plus to enter it, and um, and that's where you can go to like to to express all of that. You're in no danger of, of like children be uh, children like walking by and seeing something they shouldn't see, mm-hmm. and people can like book wild do what they want to do do then. Yeah, like a cordoned off section. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one that's just like age restricted, because then that way, like anyone who is like anyone who's a family, they can still enjoy the parade, and anyone who like wants to engage in, in stuff like that, they can do um, and and they can do without fear of like of like indecent exposure or whatever whatever the case may mm. be. I think that that would be a ha- that a happy solution we could find to it. Um, yeah, because yeah, I just. Um... <laughs> Just imagining being that with like a little child and like seeing that like that walk past and, and thinking, oh, um, what do you do? And then covering covering their eyes and then being accused of uh, you know being homophobic or something like that. Just, I'm just having it. It's making absurd scenarios in my head. Just yeah. as a joke, but um, but it's, it's not... more like like everything with especially on social media, everything is more nuanced. Everything is more nuanced than 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 Twitter allows mm-hmm. it for. It's um Twitter is like polemical, so someone will put something out there. There's only two hundred native characters you can mm. use. Um, to say say what it is that you want to say, and then will people will either attack it or defend mm. it. But um, as you're saying, like some part some some part of the argument as to why there can't be people who or why there shouldn't be people who do BDSM will come from internalized homophobia, will come from that respectability politics, which um. Which has been tried in the past, and we know is a trap. But there are also legitimate concerns over, like, over decency and over, like, how do we make this space as inclusive for everyone? Yeah. But at the same time, I just feel, I always feel very uncomfortable telling someone, especially a queer person at Pride, that you can't express yourself the way that you want to. Yeah, that you're a, that you're not welcome here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm just having a Google here because I remember seeing it ages ago. Have you heard of Folsom? F-O-L-S-O-M? Yes. Yeah, because I used to see that pop on mm-hmm. the And that seemed to be sort of um, specific to like sort of kinks and BDSM. Um, so it was like a, mm-hmm. like, a purpose-built celebration, which I kind of thought, okay, that's fine. Because if, if that's the case of, you know, this is what's on the brief, this is what's going to be happening, then people know in advance, oh, in this area, this will be happening on this day. Um Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not I can again I I don't get it but I I'm not against pe- those kind of things happening at all like in like a sort of a, a street setting, um, but I think I don't think they can mix with a <laughs> with, 
I just don't think they mix well with like what people try and say as a family event or bring your kids and like you know it's about learning exclusivity and people being exposed to like you know the different kinds of ways that humans love each other from an early age so that they don't always see straight mm-hmm. as a default um Mm-hmm. It's just a bit of a clash in my head, but I do find it kind. Of, it's I do find it amusing at the same time that it just is a thing that you know you get kink and like be some displays of pride. I just think, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> well, it's been like that from the start, yeah, though, isn't it? Basically, yeah, exactly. I think that's why I'm used to it, and I just think it's kind of it's chaotic, but I kind of accept it. Um, if it's not going to bother mm-hmm. me as an adult and like someone who's like you know in my thirties, like, I see it. I, I think I think it's a bit ridiculous, but I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, I can't be here. Let me leave immediately. Like, um, but it's, it just mm-hmm. makes me laugh. But. Yeah, mm-hmm, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be interested to hear people's opinions. I mean, people never get in touch with us to say what they thought of the show and stuff, but I would be interested to see people's opinions, especially people who like would disagree disagree completely with what I've said. I'd, I'd love to hear. Like, interesting. Well, maybe maybe um, if you if you put uh, put put that clip of you <laughs> on um, on Instagram, people have something to say. Then won't they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get drawn out. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, I don't know. I like I said, I don't have a problem with it. I just think that some regula- some regulation is needed. Mm-hmm. I think like a one size fits all isn't gonna isn't gonna work out. It's gonna work out for anyone. No, definitely not. <laughs> so um, yeah, like we wanted to go on like all that like we, we wanted to go to Brighton Pride, Manchester Pride. I'm trying to think if anything's else if anything else is still on. August is well, summer is slightly starting to fill up for me. I'm trying to get a couple of things booked. Um, I know a couple of mates. We're trying to get to the Fringe Festival. I've not been before. I think everyone who wants to go, they've been. You've been to as well, haven't you, in the past? Um, I've performed there before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you've told me that, but I just got, I forgot, actually. But I remember you mentioned it a while ago, yeah. Um, but we're trying mm-hmm. to go, like... Performed for free, like an idiot. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you live and you learn, and you live and you learn. I think we're trying to go on the yeah. second last weekend. Um... Mm-hmm. Just waiting for you know you're trying to get people people organised. We've seen Airbnb and we're like, can like you know can everyone respond and say they're committing to it because we need to book get this booked before it gets like swiped up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but I was, sorry, I was talking about August because there's Manchester Friday at the end of August and I'm gonna have a quick look now if it's still on because I I've wanted to go to that one for ages. Um, mm-hmm. But they seem to be dropping like like flies all the different Pride events are. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's have a look. Well, by the looks of it. Just going to the website now. It's supposed to be the twenty seventh to the thirtieth of August, so the bank holiday weekend. Um Oh, let's have a look. So at the moment it seems like it's not officially cancelled, but as usual the whole you know the buzzword, so the buzz phrase of, of the moment is ongoing uncertainty. So it might be cancelled, but at the moment it looks like it's it's still on. Um mm-hmm. would you be down to go, do you think? What do you think? I don't think I can go. I think um, I have one of my friends is getting married mm-hmm. and they have like a hen party on that Saturday in Bristol. Oh, yes, I'm about then, yeah. <laughs> I'm... So I don't think I'm going to be able to go, no. Okay, well, there's always next. Sorry. <laughs> but to <laughs> be fair, <laughs> though, I would rather, I'd rather go when I know that it's, you know, when the restrictions are all gone and when you book it, you're not going to think, oh, um, it may or may not go on. Because a weekend before that, I'm going to be going to something where we're going to think, oh, it may or may not be cancelled. Because the fringe is the same. It's on at the moment, but there's still the disclaimers floating around that saying, you know, it could change if uh, if uh, if the rules and restrictions change at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You know, these these cities aren't going anywhere. There'll be other festivals and stuff, so it's, it's not a, it's not. A yeah, I pretty much wrote off most of 2021 back in January. I thought oh, most of this year's gonna be like last year, but maybe a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the other things to look forward to for sure. Mm-hmm. Last thing about Pride. Um, there's also a lot that um, people ask about, you know, like the police and things like that, like them having a place in Pride. What do you think of that? It's an odd one for me. And I'll say from the from the start, it's probably an area that I need to research more. But whereas I think the, the treatment of sort of ethnic minorities by the police is still lacking, my impression is that with the way the police were with the LGBT community um, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and the rest of it, I feel like that's largely changed. Like I don't, I don't get the impression that in general gay people kind of fear the police or interaction with the police the same way that that we as black people do, for example. 
So while I'm, I don't really have much time for police in general, and I kind of I'll always make a wide berth if I come across police in the streets and stuff. Um, I don't really see their present their presence as a threat at Pride. They actually they seem to be all too willing to get involved in stuff. You always see pick like you know different clips of them like dancing like with people like like fraternising them and, and whatnot. Whereas the same can't be said with like you know somewhere like Notting Hill or just anywhere there's a, a big group of black people. So with with Pride, I don't really see their presence as like an issue at all. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I don't really have time for police whatsoever. What, what do you think? Well, I think that one. Us, like black people, queer people of colour are still part of the still part of the queer community and as much a part of the queer community as like our white counterparts. So I think that need that needs to um be said and be like be on the forefront. And obviously like our relationship with the police has not been a good one. But um by and large for the most part. Like the police do not make us feel safe, they make us feel afraid. They make mm-hmm. us feel like we're going to be victimised. Have to keep watching and over think, shoulder. Yeah. Mhm. And I think that it's supposed to be something for us as much as anyone else. And I think that's what that's what should be important. Is that like, yeah, uh, right? Maybe the police. What well, maybe the police have changed over years. Maybe to some people that don't have the same issues because um, being gay is no longer illegal anymore. There isn't as much um, homophobia, but it's still like when if there's a police around, especially police acting in in that kind of capacity, at Pride in London, it it, it doesn't feel like a safe space, um, for um for like I said, for more marginalised communities. So, you... sorry, go on. No, carry on. It's only because I wasn't sure if you finished talking. about carry on. It's fine. Well, so, yeah, so for that reason, I just don't think the police, I don't think, obviously you need a police presence with there's so many people gathering at one place to act in an official capacity. Obviously, like, I don't think there's any, there's any getting around that. But, like, it makes me uncomfortable to see, like, the police, like, um, like, sashaying down, like, a procession, um, waving their, <laughs> um, like, waving their, um, their rainbow, their rainbow flags when, like, Tomorrow, tomorrow, these same people who are celebrating you're going to be, yeah, you're going to be uh, like victimizing after that. Mm. It's it's interesting you mentioned this because I think you've just you've made me just aware of a bias in my head, whereas I still see mainstream pride as like well mainly for white gays, and you mm-hmm. you're right in that it shouldn't be the case that it's like that. But in my head, I think the reality is it's kind of it's mainly for white gays, and we, well, and while we go, then I, I have no I, I feel no way about turning up to these things. Um, I do feel a bit sidelined, I guess, um, mm-hmm. and that's why I always think, oh, well, like you know, the average interaction between a, a white, well, a white gay person and the police is pretty mundane, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and in general, I don't really get a sense that there's there's a big distrust of the police between like sort of the mainstream white gay community, as it were, um, or the white LGBT community, rather, should I say? Um, it'd be different in America, of course, I think, uh, mm-hmm. but because I. I don't know, I maybe slightly feel like a guest in my head if I go to sort of these mainstream Pride events. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very much a case of I'll take what I need from them. I'll go to see this person or that person or this stand or that stand. Um, but then if it was a case of police at Black Pride, then obviously I'll be like, what are you doing here? Kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, so here's need, a I question. Any large gathering, they need to be there. But yeah. So here's a question for you, Kevin, then. So do you feel like, do you feel like Pride, like mainstream Pride or Pride in London, Brighton Pride, Manchester Pride, do you feel like they're for you? Do you feel like they're catered for you? Not especially, no. No. Um, why do you, I don't, feel, I don't why think do you think that? Um, I think because the face of mainstream gay culture, whether you're going to bars, whether it's about sort of certain actors in certain um, popular TV series or Pride, there's it's kind of like a sort of stereotype. Mm-hmm. And the stereotype does not have a black face. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm all right with that. To be fair, I don't really care that that much, and I don't think they are sort of engineered to not be for us. It's just a case of we're more of an afterthought, mm-hmm. and I'm not begging to be to have a seat at that particular table. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about it? Because like I said, it doesn't it wouldn't stop me from going to these places. I'm not gonna think, oh, I can't go. I'm not welcome. But mm-hmm. I go there knowing that like this is. It's not really as, like expressly for me, but I, but I'll turn up or whatever because I because you know why why shouldn't I be able to go kind of thing? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, 
I agree that I don't think that, so like the pride I will go to, I don't have an issue with them. I have feel happier go to have a good time, but I, I also don't necessarily think that they are made for me specifically in mind or someone like me in mind. Mm-hmm. Because even now, even still in 2021, a lot of the focus is on white gay men. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, there's one thing that, because like, we're both, like, we're both the G and the LGBT. So I think like we we still have like a certain amount of privileges within that, even though we don't like oh, we're not. Yeah, I feel like definitely. if someone is transgender, for instance, like looks like a black transgender woman, I have no idea how they're gonna how they're gonna take it. Like um, implied, or mm. if you're like an Asian lesbian or something, or something like that, or if you're from like a faith group and you're LGBT. Mm. Um, because like obviously like a lot people are like what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah, it just it 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 doesn't it doesn't feel it yeah it just it still doesn't really feel that way. It feels because and because it is getting more commercialized. I just think that like it's, it's kind of like giving a bigger disconnect as well. Mm. I think like well, we can say this, but I I kind of want to think about like what could happen to make me feel like this like pride is for me. Of like what would what like what would pride look like if it was if it was inclusive think, for all? That's yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah, what hmm. would pride look like if it was inclusive for everyone? But I feel like the way that pride doesn't feel inclusive, it's a reflection of what the LGBT world is like. Mm-hmm. So there is a hierarchy whether people want to admit want to admit it or not, whether or people are comfortable with it or not. It's like in general, when it comes to gay men, who's the most desired? It's white gay men in their sort of early to mid 20s everyone's obsessed with youth people are kind of obsessed with whiteness i guess whether they're aware of it or not mm-hmm. um and that's sort of there at the top of the food chain as it were mm-hmm. and so all these events and festivals they kind of they start off by being based around that group and then the other groups to a lesser extent and kind of goes it's like a pyramid scheme or whatever mm-hmm. um so i can't see it changing because it's it's how the culture is as well it's not a case of you have we had a about a diverse thriving lgbt culture and then pride has been really rigid in how it's represented it's a case of a pride pride is a reflection of what the culture is like at large and so until that culture changes then i don't think pride will change i think some like sort of enforced diversity would feel a bit um a bit artificial so i'm very happy just having i don't want to say separate because you know it's not about kind of like division and stuff but then i'm i'm, I'm happy having you know other pride celebrations like like the black like black pride which you know which is sort of it has people of color in mind mm-hmm. essentially i'm happy to go to something like that um because i'm not really begging to be a main character in this mainstream thing when we have we, thankfully we have an alternative because someone's taken it upon themselves to to create a space for us mm-hmm. um i'm happy with that because if the culture's not going to change and the festival's not going to change um because i remember actually it was interesting because i was talking to an old work colleague I mean, he was asking what I was doing for the weekend before we went to Pride in 2019. And I said, oh, yeah, we're going to, like, Pride on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then Black Pride on the Sunday. And he kind of, uh, he got the usual defense, like, oh, Black Pride, why are you going to Black Pride for kind of thing? And I was just thinking, like, you know, this is someone I know that isn't, like, kind of up to date with any of these kind of issues at all. So I was like, it's just not a conversation worth having. So I think I just said something slick, like, in a friendly way and just, like, shut the convo down. But if someone's even asking, why is there a Black Pride, then it's like there's there's too much work to like try and deconstruct it and tell them why that is the case but i'm happy for that separate space and i'm not begging to be you know to have like a a prominent seat at the mainstream one like leave one to your, to your thing and I'll, and I'll happy go to the other one it's fine well i am happy that there is a uh, uk black pride i think it, um, it's very necessary but i don't think i necessarily agree that like well for, for one for me anyway it's not begging i'm not like i'm not begging or asking for a seat at the table, but like like I said, it's supposed to be Pride in London. It's supposed to be for the LGBT community, and I'm as much an LGBT. I'm as much a part of the LGBT community as like any white gay, any white muscled gay that there is. And so it's not me begging. It's me like saying that we like we deserve to have our we demand to have our interests represented as much as any as much as anybody else. And I think, like, in situations like this, it's really easy to, like, focus on the negative, on, like, it hasn't been this way for so long. 
but like I really want to think about like what it, what 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 it would what what it would look like if it felt if it felt like it was something for for every every everyone on the um on the like the gender spectrum on the sexuality spectrum like what would that look like and I guess I guess it would go back obviously it would go back to the organization so I think they need to have input from from all that various waves of, of the community from like transgender people from people of faith from everything I think they need to have like much more representation of each of those people I think they need to have like or need to at least they might even have this already where they have like um, different like different faith groups or whatever but then that's well then that's that's complicated in itself because obviously like faith groups like Christians or whatever have historically not had a good relationship with the queer community so then mm-hmm. we can't so then how do you how do you put those two together like in the same thing it's tough isn't it it's difficult well it is because i think the culture's already kind of set um and when you're talking about the organizers um I wasn't up to date with it, but didn't something happen a few months ago where there was like a sort of um, a bit of an exodus from people of colour from like the... Yeah, the there was like the a pa- guy. Let me um, let me Google his name. His name's Vermel, but I don't know what his last name is. Vermel Affleck. Oh, is it Dwyer Affleck? Yeah. yeah. Right. I think I follow him. On I follow him. I follow him as well. He resigned and he made a statement about racism basically at Pride in London. And when he resigned, like bare people resigned as well. And that, um, yeah, and that's what kind of like, yeah, that set, set off the set off everyone resigning. I think like their leadership has changed as well, somewhat, but obviously we don't know. Like we don't know what that means actually for the logistical running of of Pride. So we don't, yeah, we, we, we obviously we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. It's interesting. Mm. We will see. Um. I'm trying to think if uh, what the dynamics would be like in different countries. I assume in Europe it's going to be like sort of variations of the mm-hmm. same theme. Um, I remember you, I know you've spoken about how you want to go to New York and stuff. And I, I have wondered what New York probably would be like. Because it's, it's, I think it's for the month of mm-hmm. June for them. Um, just the mm-hmm. whole month basically. Uh, it's also like th- three to four weeks. But I would be interested in going because I know it's, it's going to be more diverse. Like, well, not necessarily actually, but you know, there's, it's still well, it's as diverse or more mm-hmm. diverse it would be. Um, I think so it would have to be. It have to be more diverse because they have a much higher population of like black and Latinx people. So it would have to be. Yeah, exactly. I'd, 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 I'd love to go. I'd love to go for Pride over there just to check it out. I mm-hmm. I love that city. Um, I'm sure living there is different to going there on holiday, but I would. I'd be more interested in going to a Pride abroad than the various UK ones I haven't mm-hmm. yet been to. Um, I think we were talking about Berlin Pride at one yeah. point as well. Um, just, I just want to see what it's like around the globe mm-hmm. in various places. Um, and then we can sort of compare and contrast to yeah. what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, we should probably move on to our spotlights. And um, it's actually surprising that I haven't mentioned them before. But um, so we've mentioned um, Mark Thompson before. Um, he is actually very much within, um, in the media, in like the in the public eye. It seems at the moment, and he runs um, Blackout UK, which is a like which is an organisation for Black women in the UK. He also runs um, a sexual health, I think it's a charity called Prepster. Let's, let's call it, no, let's call it a sexual health organisation called Prepster. And basically, um, their sole aim is to um, educate uh, educate young queer people, well, queer people in general, on, um, on PrEP and on HIV prevention. And... Um, we know so have you um we've met Phil Samba before. He seems to know he seems to know like every gay person in, in London pretty much. Um <laughs> he works for he works for Pepster as well. And they got in contact with us actually on Instagram, um, a couple of days ago just to ask us to help 
um, promote an event that they're having. So they're having a live stream event on the 10th of June at 7pm. Um, and that's aimed at um, younger younger people who want to learn about PrEP. Um, if they have any questions about it, then um, then it's happening then. So that is the 10th of June. A live stream event is on, is on their Facebook page. Um, there will be a, um, an advert that's going up on our Instagram to uh, to promote that. Obviously, we're promoting it here. This episode will come out that morning. So if you listen to this episode and you're interested in it, then do check them out. Um, that's Prepster, and they do they do lots of good work. I've seen their um I've seen their their t-shirts, their promotional material. So I think they do like a lot to get the word out of that. Get the, a lot to get the word out um for Prep. So that's Prepster. And um, all of the like information on the information yeah, yeah. on the we will post in our show notes. So yeah, so but um that yeah I think that would nicely bring the episode to a close. But yeah, um thank everyone for listening. Um have a good rest of your week. Thank you. Peace out. <laughs>